What's up, podcast listeners? Welcome to the next episode of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. It is May seventeenth uh, as we're recording it now, and the time is just flying. And, and speaking of which, we're at episode eighteen of the RDGH podcast. Eighteen weeks strong doing this podcast. Amazing. Um, of course, with me is the most racially diverse gaming cast on the internet today. Beginning, of course, with our favorite resident Russian, KGB Gary. How are you doing, Gary? I'm pretty good. How are you today, Glenn? I'm doing pretty well. How has your week been? Have have things been exciting for you? Uh, they've been kind of exciting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw Godzilla last night. You awesome. saw Godzilla? How did, It was awesome? I think it was really awesome, yeah. I want to see that movie. That looks like a good movie. Um, also, I should what? Go ahead. You should check it out. It's really good. I should check it out. There, there are so many good movies on the way. Um, also with us is the one and only prodigal son, Ernest Lynn. How are you, Ernest? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for asking, Glenn. I know things have been exciting for you, and we'll get to why in just a little bit here, okay? Um, welcome, Sounds good. Welcome to the show. And for a record second time in a row since his departure to Korea, we have our host with the most, Dane Smith. Welcome, Dane. Oh, thank you very much, Glenn. It's good to be back uh, consistently, <laughs> if I can say that. You, you asked specifically they, to be a part of this podcast this week for a certain, yes, I did. For a certain um, topic that we will get into in just a bit. But first, it has been, uh, speaking of excitement, it's been a pretty exciting week in the world of gaming. Um, this news that I'm about to discuss isn't exactly from this week, but it is pretty important to one Nintendo, uh, which has been under the, um, under the eyeglass, I guess, I, I can't, the, the magnifying glass, that's what I'm looking for, under the magnifying glass um, for the past months with its uh, lagging sales of the Wii U. And um, recently, Nintendo announced that its E3 plans do not include a live conference. That's right. Once again, for the second year in a row, Nintendo will rely on its Nintendo videos um, to uh, represent it at E3. To me, I think this is a mistake. I think that Nintendo has a lot to make up for with the Wii U. And um, the, the conference last year was underwhelming. Um, to say the least, there, there were a lot of things that could have been done better, in my opinion. And they're going to be doing that again, uh, which has me scratching my head, especially since, I mean, a lot of their decisions lately, I think, have been a little um, iffy, if you're considering the success of the Wii U. And, you know, lately they, they announced that they're looking at other types of consoles for the future. Like I, I feel like they're giving up on the Wii U. Uh, guys, what do you think? Do you, do you think that this... Um, is a good move for Nintendo not to be actually present at E3? Anyone? Silence. Silence. Okay. Uh, silence. Uh, I, for me, I think it really all depends on what Nintendo wants to try to accomplish. Because it's probably not cheap to put on those shows. And what are they going to show us? What are they going to do? Um, do they want to spend the the money to show us a couple games to talk about 
stuff that they could easily do a cheaper way because uh, there's no big console being released. There's no, not even a handheld being released that we know of. Uh, there's no huge, big, triple-A first-party games that are going to be released in a slew. So, um, you know, to me, it's smart that they kind of don't want to spend the money on, uh, on nothing, essentially. But that's just, that's just my opinion. What? what is going on? I'm not sure. But the fact that you can hear it means it's not my computer. This is all part of a watchdog. No. Uh, Alright, ladies and gentlemen, what you just heard was some very comical technical difficulties on the side of our resident Russian. Um, <laughs> that was amazing, but <laughs> what, what were you trying to say there, Gary? Um, you were, we were talking about Nintendo. Uh, I was going to say, I, I agree with Dane uh, to the point where I just don't think Nintendo has enough games to show off to hold an entire press conference. That's um, true. Yeah, outside of just Smash Brothers, and if they even announce a new Zelda, I don't think they'll have anything to show of the new Zelda besides probably a logo. So, to, to me, I think they they're they're doing fine just doing their Nintendo Direct thing that they've been doing for a while now. That um that is true, but I still feel like goodness. For example, this um report that Nintendo has is planning to develop new consoles for emerging markets. They're working on uh, new hardware, specifically for new markets. And it's like, have you already given up on the Wii U? Or, or I, I guess a better question would be, should they already give up on the Wii U? Should they just move on and let it be where it is? What do you guys think? I don't think they've given up on the Wii U. I think everybody else has given up on the Wii U. I think like some new story broke out that the last of or not the last of us, uh, Watch Dogs is probably going to be the last Ubisoft game to release on the Wii U. Is why like the next Assassin's Creed is not coming out on the Wii U, um, like all the other ones have. So if that's like the three major publishers pretty much abandoning the Wii U, and what is Nintendo going to do from now on? Like they just don't have the third party support from anybody anymore. Just time to start over, right? Yeah, I, I, to me personally, I think they should just take it as a loss. Pretty much like Sega took the Sega Saturn as a loss and create a console that's on par with what Nintendo or what Sony and Microsoft have right now to gain back that third-party support. So what could come next then? What is the logical evolution of the Wii or slash the Wii U? What do you think that they could try to do um, after uh, saying goodbye to the Wii U once and for all? That's a tough one. I say get away from the... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying that's a tough one to ask. Oh, I was just going to say to pretty much kind of move away from their gimmick stuff that they've done with the last two consoles. The motion movement, the screen controller... Go back to a console with a controller, and that's it. 
we don't need the motion stuff. We don't need any of that because obviously, like, it picked up with the Wii, but it's died pretty quickly since then. So go back to your roots and start over from there, is what you're saying, basically. Yeah. Pretty uh, much, yeah. Any other thoughts on that? I mean, that's not a that's not a bad plan. Although I still think that there's a lot of potential in what the Wii U's doing, but they just kind of marketed it a terrible way. Uh, any other thoughts? I will take that as a no. Okay. Nothing. No nothing one really cares all. about Nintendo at the nothing moment. Nothing at all. Just nothing. Like, no one. This company's been abandoned. They just got to stick to making 3DSs. <laughs> That's what they got to do. That's where all of their third-party support comes from, is from uh, 3DSs. It's true. So... Just have just have Sony just buy Nintendo, and there you go. You have your Sony 3DS and your PlayStation 4, and then the world is complete. The world is complete. Or put all the <laughs> Nintendo games on a Vita, right? I'd play Fire Emblem on a Vita. I oh, play them, dude. The graphics man. on the Vita are amazing for a handheld. I love that, and um, goodness, I. I Fire Emblem's such a fun game. I think it's really well serviced though by that extra screen. So it would be it would be a little it would be a little different to, to play it on just one screen now. I don't know. After playing Fire Emblem Awakening. But I'm sure it would be just fine. Um Well the funny thing about this whole Wii U conversation is I will actually have to buy a Wii U later in the future. You'll have to because Why? I want to get I have to because of Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem. It's um, only on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. So I have to get a Wii U to play that game. See, that's what they should have been doing. I mean, they're, they're releasing, what's it called? They're releasing um, Super Smash Bros. on the 3DS half a year before the Wii U will ever get it. That's, that's so backwards. Like, this is how you try to get people to buy the console. You put stuff on the console for them to buy. Um, <laughs> so Shin Megami Tensei crossed with Fire Emblem. This is a crossover type game. This is a crossover type game, apparently. That sounds amazing. I'm I'm planning to. It get a- does sound amazing. I have no I have no clue how it's gonna work, but it sounds just amazing for me. And so I'll buy a Wii U for like ninety bucks when it's dirt cheap and just get that game and that's all I'll just need for the Wii U. How about you, Ernest? $130 game. $130 game? Why? Essentially, because I'm buying the system for just one game. Oh, you're buying the system. Oh, I thought like Um, you said the game itself was $130. I was like, what? No, but I mean, it's kind of like a $130 game if it's like I'm buying one system just for one game. Right. Right. Um, Think of it as a collector's edition. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Very expensive collector's edition. So, Ernest, are you going to get a Wii U 2 eventually? Or do you have one already? Um, I, I don't think I will. You think you're going to skip it? Uh, I think I'm, I'm going to pass on it unless I can buy one for like 50 bucks at some random pawn shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of but. getting one eventually because, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be able to play my original Wii games. I still have, like, two of them. And there are still some going to be some things that, that come out on it eventually. Right now, there's really nothing on it I want to play. 
Um, but I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm entertaining the thought. Um, speaking of the Vita, we mentioned the Vita not too long ago. There has been a rumor that it could receive another price drop very soon. This comes from an official PlayStation sweepstake called Road to Greatness. Um, someone noticed in the official rules, uh, they, they were listing some of the prizes that come with the sweepstakes, and, and one of them was a PlayStation Vita handheld system, and it says, quote, PlayStation Vita handheld entertainment system, ARV, um, is... One seventy nine ninety nine, um, ARV meaning average retail value. One seventy nine ninety nine. Right now, the official price for the Vita is one ninety nine ninety nine. So um, this has people's eyes wide open, saying, "Oh my goodness, are we going to get another price drop for the PlayStation Vita?" Um, personally, I wonder: Can Sony handle another price drop? I mean, I I, I feel like it might already be taking or close to taking a loss on the thing as it is. Um, is Sony going to be able to sustain another price drop on on its handheld? What do you guys think? Is is there something to this? Could we see another price drop for the Vita? And if so, is it a good business move for Sony? Well, so I think really, it's, people, I think it's, it's kind of a... people that. <laughs> All right, let's, let's let... No one talks about Nintendo, but everyone talks about the Vita. Exactly. That's just golden. I mean, if people, if it gets people to get the Vita, then it works, right? Because then they'll just make up the losses through software sales and license, licensing fees and stuff. And the overpriced memory cards. My goodness, I can't stand these memory cards. This console could be expensive. I've been, like, this has been a multi-episode rant for me. Like, it starts in one episode and it continues into another. The memory cards have been a bane to the success of the Vita. Like, I think so, so many more Vitas will have been, would have been sold if it were not for these memory cards. Because, sure, the Vita costs only 200 bucks. But then, if you want a good memory card, you have to spend another 100 bucks. You know, if you want a big memory, and everyone wants a big memory card. These games are big. So if you want a big 64... I spent just as much on memory cards as I have on a Vita. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, uh, and you look at the 3DS, you, you pay 200 bucks for a 3DS XL, you get a 4 gigabyte memory card. And quite frankly, uh, the, the structure of the um, 3DS, I mean, it uses the game cards a lot, I think. I, a lot of data is stored on the game cards themselves. Whereas the Vita stores absolutely everything on the memory card that you pay for. And so the 3DS can afford to use these smaller memory cards, but the Vita, you know, you get Vitas with like 4 gigabyte or 8 gigabyte memory cards. You buy one game, it's full, you know? So you need the, you're tied to these memory cards and you have to spend $100 on them. I mean, uh, if you want a big one, that's ridiculous. That is like the bane to the Vita's success, those memory cards. It's so disappointing. Um... But anyway, so do, you, do you guys think that there is a possibility of a price drop for this, or was it just a typo from Sony? Uh, it's To me, it's a surprisingly, I guess, small uh, price drop, so I think it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's... It's a, it's a possibility. Uh, aren't they... Aren't they already, yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, I mean, aren't they already selling... A lot of times they have bundles... You get a game and the system. It's what, isn't? Sure. What do they price those at? Two hundred? Sure, sure. Or the, something. The border, yeah. The Borderlands, um, the Borderlands bundle with the new 
uh, model of the Vita is two hundred bucks mm-hmm. in the US. So, and th- yeah, that brings me to the other thing I was going to say is that this new slim Vita is a lot cheaper for them to make. That is true. I, I assume, yeah. That is true. So Given can, that, you know, it's less parts and uh, uh, non, you know, LC, just an LCD instead of OLED screen. So maybe this is, I'm assuming the one that they'll be price cutting is going to be the slim model. Are they still, I can't remember if they're still making the fat models. I feel like everything that I see with the Vita now is the slim. Um, any like event, press events and stuff, it's the slim Vita is what they put in your hands and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't see a reason for them to continue making the old model. Uh, if it was more expensive for them to make and they're, mar- they're trying to market mm-hmm. this model and they're trying to get people to buy this model, um, which is cheaper for them. Yeah, there's, there's no reason for them to continue making the old model, which disappoints me. Right. I, I mean, I we can the look at screen. So. Yeah, I, I definitely like the older screen. Um, and I mean, there's precedent for this. We take a look at how they handled the PS3s, and now the only one they're producing is the Super Slim. Sure. Because it's the cheapest one, yeah. Where did these names come from? Why do we call it... I mean, is it Sony that first came out with the whole Slim thing? Because now people call everything Slim when it's another version. I think so, because the, the PS2 came out with another uh, a halfway model, which was the Slim version, and it was significantly slimmer. And then, you know, mm-hmm. PS... PS3 did the same thing, and then Xbox 360 did that too, and everyone called the Xbox 360 Slim. And I'm like, wait a second, this sounds familiar. Did this come from PlayStation? Like, where did that come? Why did why do we call everything Slim now? Is it PlayStation's fault? I think so. I think I think so. They were kind of the ones to set that precedence. Okay, making marks. Although I, I guess we owe day one now to um, Xbox One, um, in part. Um. Moving right along here, Microsoft has a theory as to why it's so far behind Sony in the new generation of consoles so far. Um, and believe it or not, it's a theory that many of you had, that many um, people who own Xboxes or, or who are just gamers in general had. Um, Yusuf Mehdi, I, can't, I do not know if I'm pronouncing this name right, but it's Yusuf, M-E-H-D-I. Um, And he was speaking with Forbes when he said that one of the biggest reasons that Xbox is lagging is that Sony's PS4 is available in more territories. Um, He said it's hard to really assess the gap in sales. Uh, Sony's in many more markets right now than we are. They're in 40-plus markets. We're in 13. Um, What do you... I think we've talked about this before on RDGH, actually. What do you you guys think of this? Is, Is this a big reason why... The Xbox One is behind the PS4. No, um, I don't I think, think so. Because if if they cared about those markets, they would have put them at the front. <clears throat> I mean, look at Japan; they're not. <clears throat> excuse me, they're not in Japan at all. So because they know they're not going to sell hardly any systems there, and so why uh, have all of these countries at launch? when you have supposedly during the time a limited amount of consoles, why uh, prioritize countries that are not going to sell as many as possible? Because, so, I mean, look, how many stories do we hear about there being tons of Xbox Ones still for sale? They're not sold out. They're on the shelves. Dude, Amazon, is, not selling. Amazon is still selling and, day one editions. 
you can still get a day one yep. with yeah. a day one on the controller and everything from from Amazon. Get that trophy or my, that achievement. I I think that the reason, like the biggest reason for that, the gap, it just comes down to price. I mean, look at look at Microsoft's moves. They are releasing a cheaper connectless or disconnected <laughs> Xbox One before they're la- before they're launching in these you know other markets. So that just shows to you that they that isn't the priority. That was that their priorities are lying against what they're saying. I think. We talked about so it's this. the Xbox disconnected 180. I love that so much. Disconnected. I hadn't heard that one yet. Did, did <laughs> you make Did you make that up or did you find it somewhere? No, I saw it somewhere on Twitter. Oh my goodness! Disconnected. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I like that a lot. <laughs> I I talked about it a little bit on uh, on Unchained um, because an analyst was saying that now that there's a three hundred ninety nine dollar SKU. For the Xbox One, Xbox One will surpass um, PS4 sales by next year. And what I was saying up to that, um, I said a bunch of stuff about that. But one of the things I said about it was there isn't one big reason why the Xbox One is behind. Uh, price is yes, part of it. Um, the territories, yes, probably another part of it. But really, there's more to it than that. Um, because if anything, gamers have demonstrated that if there's if something has enough value to them, they will pay more for it. You know, I mean, if it's me, if there's something that I really like, I don't care if there's something else that's cheaper. I want the thing I really like. You know, um, so I think yeah, price is a factor, but I don't think it's the factor, and I don't think the territory factor is either. Because quite frankly, like Dan was saying just now. Last um, year, Microsoft realized, oh, we kind of ate our foot at E3, so we're in a bad position. So let's try to postpone our lesser markets, the markets where we suck, the markets where we are not going to sell much, and let's focus on our greater markets. And I guess, I think that's a good move for them. I mean, you know, you're going to spend resources on stuff you're not going to do when you need those resources to overcome your own mistakes in the past. So I think that's a good move on their part. But again, these are their worst markets, and they're a good 3 million sales behind or so behind the PS4. Launching in your worst markets in the world is not going to, A, make up 3 million units in sales, and B, prevent the gap from getting any bigger in the process. So I, I think... If, is this their official stance? Like, are they really? Do they really feel like, oh, this is why we're behind? Because I think that they're grasping at straws. If that's what they think, what, what's you, what do you guys feel about that? Well, as a corporation, that's pretty much what you'd expect them to say. They're not going to say that they screwed up in any sort of way. They're just saying, oh, this is why we're behind because we're not available everywhere. They're not going to say, oh, we screwed up with the price. We screwed up by with the Connect and our DRM because they still believe in that. Um, but I, I do agree with what you guys are saying that, you know, they launched in the territories they know they're going to sell and postponed the launches of all the other territories. But I also think that they, in my opinion, I don't think they were prepared to launch. I don't think the system was ready to launch when it did. I think they kind of rushed it to market, 
personally, that's why we're seeing so many updates. I think they update the Xbox One like twice a month now with with random updates to the UI and all that. But um, um, I, I can see with the three ninety nine price tag that it it might eventually catch up to the PS4, but I don't think it'll do it by next year. I think Microsoft just damaged their image so much with the way they handled everything and how they talked with the consumers about it. You know, oh, you if you don't like our product, we have a 360 you can play instead. I think you guys remember those infamous words. Hashtag um, deal with it. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> PS4 instead. Um. Yeah, I, I just think they, they damaged their image. They got extremely cocky and... Just like it did to Sony when they were launching with the PS3, it, it did the same thing to them with the Xbox One. Well, see, the other the other thing about it too is uh, the games at the moment is Xbox does not have the exclusives that are going to draw people in at the moment to buy their system because mostly because like um, my friend Daniel, everyone knows him from TGS, who was with me. He's a PC gamer. He's a PC gamer for life. If he can get it on the PC, he'll get it on the PC uh, before console because it's A, cheaper, and he has the computer for it. Uh, and he has Titanfall. He got Titanfall on the PC. That was the big hyped game for the Xbox One. It's not on the PS4. Can't get it on the PS4. It's the Xbox One exclusive. But people forgot, oh, wait, it's also on the PC. So if you already got a PC, why do you need to spend four hundred or five hundred on Xbox One to get Titanfall if it's the big game? So he has Titanfall. He doesn't need it on the Xbox One. But what Sony does have later on is they have other exclusives that could draw people in that Xbox doesn't have at the moment. Now, sadly, we're not going to see them like Ishin. Uh, Yakuza Ishin, for example, like Xbox isn't going to get that, assuming it even gets localized, of course. But until Halo 5 comes out, it's it's going to be rough sales for the Xbox One, no pun intended. Well, you know, people said that with Titanfall, too. Oh, until Titanfall comes out, it's going to be rough sales for the Xbox One. Well, Titanfall came out, and it's, it hasn't really changed much, unfortunately. Well, that's because that's it's also on the PC, so people just bought it on the PC. Mm-hmm. Halo 5 is not going to be on the PC. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be on the Xbox One. Well, it's not going to be on the, X, the 360, right? Ernest, you, were the, you posted that picture on Facebook for Halo 5. Is it just going to be Xbox One, or is it going to be 360 as well? It's Xbox One. Okay. Well, there you go. Also, Titanfall was also on the 360 as well. So it's like, oh, yeah. I already got a 360. Might as well just get it on that. So yeah. that's what if I you don't did. have a PC. So, the- so there you go. It's just they just ate themselves. They just they they had the they had the system seller. People bought Titanfall, but it was on too many systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you and that was where um, Infamous Second Son was able to kind of capitalize there because it was only available on the PS4. It wasn't on the PS3. It wasn't on the PC. It was on the PS4. And that's it. And, and that's how you sell a system. You put a game on that system that people want. Um, Halo 5, you see, I mean, Halo, the, the Halo thing's going to be a really big deal. 
Um, but I don't think it's going to be as big as everyone's going to make it out to be um, for some reason, because I feel like interest in Halo has waned quite a bit. And this feels like a nostalgia release. Um, like, oh yeah, everyone remember how great Halo was? This is so cool. Here's another Halo. And, you know, those only get, those only get you so far. You know, those, those only generate, they generate a lot of hype, they make a lot of noise, a lot of people buy them, and then, you know, it just kind of dies. And so, I, I feel like it's going to do, uh, do good for Microsoft, and, and they need it. But I don't think it's going to be the big deal that um, I'm sure they would love it to be. Um, but hey... I, I think if the systems were, to, if the system sales were even... Or more even than Halo would have been a bigger deal. It probably would have given them the lead. Yeah. Uh, considering how Halo Two literally made the uh, Halo Two was on the 360, right? Or is that no? It was on the Xbox One. I mean, the, the original Xbox. The original <laughs> Xbox. The one that was actually the Xbox One. Yes. The original Xbox. Yeah. Well, the first the Xbox. Yeah. So that made that made the first Xbox, and then Halo Three made. The, the 360. So I think if things were close, closer, then it could have given it the lead. But as it is now, it might close the gap some. I would expect there to be a huge gap closing when Halo 5 comes out uh, under the assumption that Sony doesn't drop like a couple A-bombs as well. Yeah. Like if Halo 5 does not drop with, say, at the same time as like the new Uncharted or another like big system seller then uh it, the gap will be closed a yeah. bit I was about not to fully well, but halo, enough that you could see a dent i was about to say that because halo 5 oh sorry gary you you were trying first there go ahead sorry no i was gonna say they they already announced the release date for halo 5 they pretty much said fall 2015 so it's gonna be a long wait for halo 5 mm-hmm so they still have a lot of ground to cover before they even get to the release of Halo 5. Of course, there's the, the rumor of the Halo collection that's going to be released on Xbox One before Halo 5, so that might help them. Well, you know, yep. that's, I, that's not, that's, I don't think that's going to help them because, again, that's a port of, um, that's a collection of games that everyone's played already. You know, if, if you have an Xbox, chances are you've, you've probably played a little Halo. So um, yeah, but they'd still people would still rebuy it to play the multiplayer on this new console. People will rebuy it to play the multiplayer, but are you going to buy a whole Xbox One to play the multiplayer? If you, especially if, all, if you've already bought a PS4, are you now going to go and spend five hundred dollars to play the collection of these games that you've already played before? If yes. you're a hardcore fan, well, well, the hardcore fans, perhaps the super hardcore fans of Halo, but. I mean, again, like, this is, um, if you're going for the general public, I, I doubt, like, if you're going for everyone who's ever played Halo and loved Halo, I doubt very many people are going to do that. The super hardcore fans, sure, I, I, I guess I could see them doing that, but if you're going to the general They already Halo, have the Xbox One. They already have it, exactly. But if you're, if you're going to the general public, I doubt the general public is, especially if you don't have an Xbox One already, I don't think you're going to go and say, oh, they're releasing a Halo collection of previous games I've played. I've got to go now and spend 500 bucks on an Xbox One so I can play this collection. Uh, unless you were kind of 
gonna buy an Xbox One already. You know, I I don't see that being the the thing that makes a bunch of people buy an Xbox One. Can I just out of curiosity sake? I just want to ask you guys: Do you think Bungie leaving Halo has hurt that franchise? Oh, duh, definitely. Because I mean, look at Bungie. Look look at they're the minds that brought this into existence. And whenever you pass that on to someone else, of course, that's going to that's things are going to change a bit. Sometimes for the better, usually for the worse. Um, but I mean, since Bungie's left, look at their creativity in Destiny. Everyone's excited for Destiny. And um, I don't think that the studio Multi platform exactly, exactly. And I have I'll I'll put my hands up in defense here. I haven't played very much Halo, but I from what I'm seeing, from what I'm hearing, it feels I've heard uh, around the community. It feels like the studios that have taken over after Bungie left have not done the uh, a, a justice to that game, uh, to that franchise that Bungie had. I just dropped the mic. Everyone is just silent, apparently. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I will agree with what Dane said there. I was going to say that, too, because a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, it's just a gap of such and such. Yeah, they can make that up. But you can't forget that at the same time, there's another company there, and they're looking back and saying, oh, you know, this is, they're going to catch up. Oh, what can we do to counter that now? Like, Sony's not just going to sit still and wait for Xbox to catch up. They're going to try and keep their lead. So they could be looking at that time frame and saying, hey, what uh, what do we have? They've been saying for a while that they have a bunch of stuff lined up that they haven't announced. What can we put at that time to help keep our lead and to help people uh, keep thinking PS4 instead of Xbox One? So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Like, Microsoft has a gap to keep uh, to close, but at the same time, Sony's trying to keep that gap and make it bigger. So it's not just a number they're fighting against, they're actually fighting against the actions of another company, which is why this is harder for them than any one simple solution. Um, but what do you guys think? Can Sony do anything? Um, so you said Uncharted already. Is there anything else that they might be able to release um, at that time to kind of counter the um, inevitable uh, hype that's going to come with the new Halo? Definitely. Uh, well, it all depends um, on what's in the, the work, because, I mean, uh, you said there's some unannounced titles, so if one of them is, say, a big nostalgia game, like, say, Crash or something, my goodness. this is all theory, right? It could be completely BS, sure, right? Sure. I mean, that could do it. Um, if there's like uh, something exclusive that's being made for the PS4 that we don't know about yet, like if Square decided to make something exclusive or if Capcom or one of them decided to make one of their big titles exclusive mm -hmm. uh, or simply some of the IPs we know about just do way better than expected. Like the order, let's say the order becomes like the next Uncharted as an example. Right? It becomes the Uncharted of the PS4. Uh, that right there alone could just tip the balance even more for uh, Sony. Because we don't know what their big uh, PS4 game is yet. Because we talk about Uncharted, but Uncharted is a PS3 series. Right? We talk about Killzone. Killzone's a PS1 series. What is the PS4 series? What is the PS4 brand uh, game? 
we don't have it yet. So once that comes, you know, that's just going to tip the scales. Are you talking about a brand? Are you talking about a brand that was born on that console? Yeah, because I mean, Killzone was born on the PS, uh, the PS. Sorry, what did I say? The PS One, the PS Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, God of War was born on the PS Two. Uh, Crash was born on the PS One. Uncharted was born on the PS Three. We don't have that PS Four born title yet. So Infamous born on the PS Three, right? Sure. What is the PS Four, you know, brand title? We don't have it yet. It could be the Order. Could be. Right? The order could be that new brand. So, and when is the order getting launched? I'm not we, sure. I don't follow. I don't follow the news that closely. I'm the worst person for release dates. I'm not sure uh, we so, have. But, I it's gonna launch maybe spring or summer of next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there we go. That comes around. If that's the, the the new PS4 brand game, that comes around the same year as Halo. There we go. It could even out the the effect that a new Halo could have. Right? So Sony just needs to just get a couple of those new brand games that make the PS4, and then it's golden. I think that um, Microsoft made a mistake in saying in, in giving any hint of a release date just yet. I, w- I was I think that they should have let that hype build a little more and um, get people excited. Oh, when's it going to release? When's it going to release? And then release it, and, and then talk about it sometime next year, uh, at E3 next year. Oh, surprise, this is releasing this fall. You're going to get this in your hands. Or even fall. E3 this year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No. I, yeah, I, they announced a lot of stuff pre-E3, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. I think that they're just really trying to get more people into the console. And they're trying to they're trying to show off the kind of content that oh Xbox really does have a lot of awesome content coming its way so yeah I, I think that that's what they're trying to do but I mean for that game I think it would have just been so much stronger if you would have just held that information a while longer um, but anyway Gary uh, on my last question I I think I asked is there anything Sony can do to counteract that hype and you said definitely what what are you thinking I I think. A game like Uncharted, even though it is a PS3 franchise, I think on a PS4, if it launches in the fall of next year, I think it can steal a lot of sales from from Microsoft, um, as well as God of War. Um, if Now, God of War is unique to me in, in the way that if they launch a new God of War, uh, I think they can brand it as its own franchise on a PS4 if they move away from the Greek mythology stuff. If they go with Norse mythology or something else, I think it'll it, it'll be kind of like a, a reboot to the for the franchise in, in a way. You know, yet you can still probably have Kratos, but you know, he's taken on a different gods now and it can be its own trilogy. So which will be its all So take this crossover. Crossover? <laughs> So you're saying no, Kratos is now crossing over into Norse mythology? <laughs> well, you you played God of War two on the Origins collection, right, Dane? Well, the Vita one, yeah. And, yeah, you, like when you fought the Sisters of Fate at the end of the second one, you saw all the mirrors and all the different timelines, and how and how everything like they had the, the Christian Christianity stuff was there. You know, they had the Norse mythology stuff. He can go to any of these different worlds now and 
to me, if, if they do another God of War and move it away from Greek mythology, start a different trilogy, but keep that name, the God of War name, I think it can really help steal a lot of sales from, from Microsoft and that. I think that's in that way as well. I think that's really uh, a good idea. Just take this uh, existing franchise and reimagine it with a completely different, um, a, a completely different set of roots. So same concept, but a, a different background, a different backstory. I, I kind of like the idea for the series. I think that would make for a really nice, refreshing reboot for it. And I think it would be even better if it didn't have Kratos. I think if you were to make a um, a, a new hero for that game. Uh, that would, mm-hmm. Kind of like what, what's happening with Mass Effect right now. Like Shepard's done with, they're done with Shepard, and they're keeping that same universe, but they're going to do something completely different with, with it. I, I, I like that. I think that's a good way to keep the universe active while telling a completely different story. And to, to do that with God of War and, and with all of these other, with even more franchises, I think I'd like to see stuff like that happen more often. Um, Ernest, you've been pretty... Yeah, I mean, I, I, Sorry, go ahead. I want to say Siphon Filter, but I don't think the name is, is big enough to do any damage there. No? Uh, Ernest, you've been pretty... Not now. You've been pretty quiet, Ernest. What if, what's your opinion on all of this? Or do you have one, and is that what you um, <laughs> What? Uh, let's see here. Sony... Exclusive. Uh, I bet. I mean, I bet there's plenty that they haven't announced, and could be really cool. Um, I still really like Halo, so I'm kind of biased. Did three four three studios do a good job with Halo, in your opinion? Uh, I'd say adequate. It's <laughs> the adequate. Um, yeah. I don't think they added enough gameplay wise, um, but I did really like how they started including more of the expanded universe fiction, the stuff that you see in the books and etc. Into some of the lore and the story of that you see in Halo Four, um, and they did an amazing job, you know, putting it just getting as much juice out of the Xbox 360 as it did with Halo 4. Halo 4 is a really pretty game. Uh, really like the graphics are fantastic and the art style is great. Um, now they just need to work on, you know, fleshing out that story more and uh, developing the gameplay. You know, I don't know. Changing it, you know. I think it's just a, a rough situation for um, Microsoft when you have one of very few exclusives, one of very few major exclusives that Xbox has. And and the developer's like, okay, we're kind of done with this now. We're, we're going to leave this. You go ahead and do what you want with it. And it's, I think it's kind of tough because like this is one of their de- defining franchises on the Xbox, on the Xbox 360. And, and mm-hmm. you know, Bungie's gone from it. It's like, what do you do? And, you know, um, 343 Industries was up to the job. And I, I think for what it was, they did a good job. I mean... Uh, a lot of people do, but there's just something about Bungie. Um, uh, and for not counting the fact that it was their idea to begin with, so they probably have the best understanding of, of what to do and the story and where to take it. But 
Um, there's just something about Bungie and their style of game, and I see it in, in Destiny as well. I, I don't even know what to, what it, what it is, or I can't put my finger on it. But just looking at Destiny and, and what kind of game Destiny seems to be, that just feels like a Bungie game. It really does, and I can't mm-hmm. wait to see it. Um, I mean, Bungie's slogan, uh, being a longtime fan of them, their slogan is "We we make games that we want to play." Yeah. So they were probably bored of, you know, doing just Halo all the time. And now they're making this hugely ambitious game that has all these different facets and will be, you know, really, I think will change the FPS landscape has the potential to at least if they deliver on all the stuff that they've been talking about. Sure. Because you can't forget that. Go ahead, uh, Gary. I was going to say, I would hope so with how much money Activision put into the game. What, what was the rumor? I think it was like $500 million yeah. that game yep, has cost Activision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy crap. And, and you can't forget I don't, that. I don't know how they're going to make that money up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you can't forget that even though that this is an Xbox-only franchise, um, Bungie and Activision, for that matter, are third-party developers. They are not owned by Microsoft. And so um, they have to be able to grow beyond that one game, and they have to be able to do different things and keep things fresh for them. So I guess to me it's not a, it's not a big surprise that Bungie would have left the series eventually. In fact, they'll probably eventually leave Destiny um, as it is if it happens to be locked or, or, or if the rights happen to go to someone. They'll probably eventually just stop doing Destiny games over the years um, because they're a third-party studio and they have to grow. They have to be able to grow. Um, so that's just how it is. Well, they weren't a third party. I think Microsoft owned them. Didn't they buy Bungie when they first made the first Halo game? Yep. Yep. They did. Yeah. Well, then so how Bungie? Yeah, yeah Bungie originally them. showed off. Uh, Bungie originally showed off the first Halo. I think like the real, you know, huge, you know, real time demo of it at uh, I think it was MacWorld or something because they were you know very. Apple oriented the marathon series, uh, you know, kick them off. I think Halo was like a RTS game, wasn't it? When they first showed it off, it's a very, very, yeah, very originally, yeah, there, way, way, way back, it was RTS, and then uh, they shifted over to first person shooter. And then, you know, Microsoft was looking for, hey, we need software, some really great software for the first Xbox, and so they went and bought Bungie and then following it was within I think like two weeks two weeks of uh, Halo 3 launching they announced that uh, Bungie and Microsoft were going their separate ways and the Bungie was going to be uh, its own separate studio and that they agreed to Microsoft that they would make uh, two more Halo games and that's what we got we got uh, Halo 3 ODST and then Halo Reach. Yep sure enough um, in 2007 um, Bungie became an independent developer Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I didn't even realize that. So they were owned by Microsoft, but um, they're not yep. now. And so I, I guess I still mm. I still have the same point that since they are independent, they and even if they're not independent, they have to be able to. They can't just do one thing all the time. Um. So good luck to Bungie and, and Activision for that matter. Looking forward to what Destiny has to bring us, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot of Destiny stuff at E3. Um, I can't wait to see more of that game. Um, so, Ernest, still with us? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. 
You had an interesting week this week, right? Where, what, I did, what, yeah. What happened? Yeah. Where, where did you go? What did you do? Uh, I went to the PlayStation pre-E3, uh, I guess, Judges Week events over in Santa Monica uh, and got to play a bunch of games that will be coming out and also test out the PlayStation Now service. So you got to test out PlayStation Now? And um, are you by any chance a beta tester as well, or, or have you been skipping the beta? Uh, I am not a beta You're tester. Not a beta. So this was your first experience with PlayStation Now? Yep, this is a completely first time so, okay. doing anything with PlayStation Now. So you walk into this room. I'm, I'm assuming it's like a big... I'm, I'm imagining you in like a big room um, with a bunch of people. And you walk up to this controller and it says PlayStation or Vita and it says PlayStation Now on it. And tell us what happens next. Where, where does this experience take you? All right. Um, so first I tried PlayStation Now on... The Vita handheld, they had Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus playing on that, and it ran well. You know, I thought everything was pretty responsive. Uh, the lower resolution of the Vita screen, I guess, helps compensate for any of the compression and uh, pixelation you might have with uh, streaming of uh, PlayStation Now. So I, I thought that was fine. Uh, still, the biggest drawback and I have this with remote plays that Vita lacks that the second the second set of uh, shoulder buttons so no L2 R2 you know so it's always I always I've never had a good time trying to use the uh, touchpad was it like the top left and top right that get mapped I think that's just annoying um, but it ran well uh, then the other PlayStation now demonstration they had was Uncharted 3 running on uh, PlayStation Now on the PS4. Um, again, pretty responsive. A uh, little bit of lag at times. and um, I was surprised that there was a moment of stutter. Um, especially, you know, in this, this closed environment where they're trying to show off the best, but I guess it can't be avoided with networking stuff. And But the I I just did not see it as being a replacement yet because of the lower fidelity visuals that came with this you know the streaming tech. Uh, Uncharted Three is a gorgeous game, and to have to see it with just a lower resolution and pixelation was was kind of kind of ruined that experience for me. Mm. So and it is noticeable. Especially when there's like when there's text on screen, you know the Uncharted um, chapter name will come up, and then it just uh, it doesn't look sharp. And in this age where people are going to start buying 4K TVs in the coming years, uh, I, it's gonna it's gonna look a lot worse, unfortunately. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing you say that, but I can't help but think that. There could be other factors, and not counting the fact that it's not even released yet. It's still basically in beta mode. Um, mm-hmm. In that kind of environment, I mean, do you think that there could... I mean, because they're using one... They're probably 
don't have a bunch of different kind of internet connections for each thing. They're probably using one or maybe two internet connections for um, all of these consoles that everybody's trying and all of these games. Do you think that there could have been things like that messing with it, or do you think that this is basically representative of how PlayStation Now actually looks right now? Uh, I think it's it's possible, but a lot of the stuff that they were showing didn't really need an internet connection. If there was multiplayer stuff, they maybe could have landed. I'm not well, sure. If it's PlayStation um, but Now, I think this is if it's PlayStation Now, it's streaming right. over the internet, right? Right. And I, I, again, it it could be an issue with the uh, the internet that they have. At at the you know venue where they were having these events, so right. so well, I guess so far the uh, PlayStation Now is not um, as it was shown, not looking um, up to ready to be released. Um, I, I am a beta tester. I cannot speak as a beta tester about PlayStation Now, um, but what I will say is. Just everyone, just remember that it's in beta. Like it's not may or may not necessarily look like um, Ernest is describing when it comes out. But it is disappointing to hear that it's not um, looking well right now. Were you able to play anything else, or was it, or, or see that anything else was there? Uh, running on PlayStation now. No, those are the the only two things. No. So um, I still think PlayStation Now is a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope they can, they can really refine and perfect it. Yeah. Because it's supposed to launch in the U.S. Uh, sometime this summer, right? Yeah, so, which is getting awfully close. <laughs> yeah, I think it's summer. Right? Well, I'm in Florida, so I can't. It's always hot. But um, summer is pretty much on our doorstep. So sometime within the next few months, we should be seeing some PlayStation now, um, barring any delays, of course. So I'm hoping that... Uh, everything is working again like these kind of environments i'm i'm thinking that there's like a bunch of consoles there um i don't you said that there wasn't a lot of stuff accessing the internet but i don't know i I feel like these environments are are really tricky to work with so i don't Mm -hmm. i I can't help but feel like there might have been something else interfering with it but um i'm not going to try and overly defend playstation now it is what it is um, so if it's not working well, it's not working well, and I hope it works better. Um, were you able to... At least it wasn't like Assassin's Creed at E3 last year, where the game just didn't even work on stage. <laughs> yes, yeah, I remember, remember that. that. That's Yeah, uh, I do remember that. It's just that, like, yeah. oh, it's not working? Okay, I'll just leave. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. So, um... Go ahead. Go ahead, Ernest. What? Or Gary, whoever <laughs> was speaking. Who was speaking? Uh, I was gonna say I'm not <laughs> I was gonna say I'm not really surprised that that it's having some issues. Um obviously I think it's because you know you're in one area, everybody's using the internet in the same area to access it. Sure. But I I I still see it being a disaster when it launches. Oh yeah. Probably at least for the first month. Mm-hmm. Month and a half, maybe two months. <laughs> it is not going to be a pretty, pretty yeah. sight because everyone's going to be on it. Everyone's going to be on it at the same time. Yeah, so it's going to cause a lot of problems. You're going to see a lot of hate 
yeah. coming out of the internet. Yeah, yeah, because people will suck. Um, <laughs> I just want my trophies, man. Just give me my trophies for the Swakoden series, and I'll be happy. Yeah. I'll deal with no. the lag. Just give me my trophies. <laughs> no, we've been... Um, Otherwise, there's no point. It's useless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more to life than trophies, Dane. Of course. No, there's not. Talk to Tim. There's nothing <laughs> more important in life than trophies. I mean, he doesn't even, he hasn't been on this show forever because he's too busy getting trophies. Dang, they're not even real so. trophies. They're not real trophies. Yeah. They're, virtu- they're real, man. You get, you get a picture of a trophy that says you earned a trophy. That's all you get. That's right. And, <laughs> and for some people in life, that's all they get. It's better than nothing. <laughs> Why are you hurting my self-esteem, Glenn? Why are you hurting my self-esteem? Why do you have to be a hater? This is all. This is all Dane has, Glenn. <laughs> Why are you looking has. at me? I'm just pointing out that it's, <laughs> I just stated a fact. It's not a real trophy. That's all I said. Uh, nothing. I have nothing else. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm more excited. I'm, I'm in the same vein as Dane, not for the trophies, but I'm just more excited to play my PS2 games. On my Vita, not on my PS3, because I still have a fat PS3, because on an HD TV, it's just, it's not very pretty to look at anymore. <laughs> it, it might look better on, on the smaller screen, like the like the Vita screen for me. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. See, there's Personal. there's two type of people, it's going to happen with PlayStation now. There's, there's two type of people, in my opinion. There's either, like, the really new generation of kids who are in that 10 to 15 year old range who have not played anything pre PS3. So this is their opportunity to get all of these really old classic games in one place at one cheap fee. Or there's the people who already own everything kind of like us who keep their collections. And so that's why I keep harping on trophies because if they don't have that little extra what is the point of me spending X amount of money a month for a service when I could just play it on my PS2? I mean, hell, I've got two PS2s. i got two PS1s. Even if one breaks down, I can use the other one. So I have all of my stuff. So to me, the trophies is what would be the difference. That's the incentive. Otherwise, I'm just wasting money on something I already own and can, and can easily play. See, the way it is for me, like, since I got my PS4, I have been admittedly hesitant to play with my PS3, um, just because it's like, I guess the idea of having something really new and super awesome and shiny, and um, quite frankly, it feels it feels like a regression to use my DualShock 3, which is weird, because I, when I used my DualShock 3, I never feel that way. Like the whole PS3 area, I had never had a problem using my DualShock 3, but now I have a DualShock 4, and to go back to the DualShock 3 feels like a big regression to me. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Just I, I really want to use my PS4 for more. And, and you know, I have my PS2, but I, I have to plug it into the RCA cables. It's not HDMI. You know, um, it's there's just something different about the experience that. And the fact that you can play not only games that you already own, but games that you didn't get to own in previous generations. Um, I think that makes services like PlayStation Now really worth it.
and I've dropped the mic again. So you disagree? You disagree with? You, you agree with what I said then? That it's just separated in kind of like two groups, and then there's going to be that group who are going to get it because they don't have those older games, and so well, th- that's kind of who it's for. I think there's more to it than that. Like, yeah, there's this group. There's there's a group that doesn't have a bunch of games, um, and, and there's a group that would like to take those games and, and play them on their Vitas or, or on their other systems. Maybe they sold their PS2 and they, they can't get another new one. They'd like to, you know, pick up Spyro again or, or, or Crash Bandicoot or something. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you have all sorts of... I don't know. It's, it's, very, it's very weird. There's a bunch of people who um, are interested in PlayStation now, um, some of which I'm not even... Like I said, it, uh, to me, benefits the Vita the most out of any console. I disagreed with you on that First originally, time. didn't I? Yeah, you did. I just think playing whatever game I want, wherever I want, that has Wi-Fi, of course, um, that's a deal for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that there's... More to PlayStation now than just that because because, I, because look at it if if it doesn't use the memory card data whatsoever then it eliminates the whole purpose of the memory card too. Mm-hmm. Like oh look now I can just play the games like this without the memory card if they add when they add the Vita titles on it are they adding Vita titles to it? Um, I'd imagine so. I don't even remember if it's it. but but what I was saying is there's probably more to it than that especially since I mean. Goodness, PS4 games are eventually going to be on PlayStation Now. Like this, there's a lot of potential in PlayStation Now to become like a full-fledged rental service, and it, um, especially if it's successful with what it's originally being advertised to do, I could totally see Sony expanding and saying, "Okay, you know, you GameFly already uh, rents our games out. Why don't you just rent them directly from us, and we'll have it on your console in just an hour?" You know. Um, instead of having to wait a couple days to get it in the mail, I mean, you could, that's there, there's a lot of possibility and potential within um, PlayStation Now and within what they're doing. Um, so I think I think that there's more to it than just oh there's there's two groups. I think that this is a service that has a lot of potential to um, yes at first uh, appeal to those two groups, but also to add a lot more to the industry. I think it's a logical step forward. Yeah. I mean, but uh, we'll see how it plays out for them. Yeah, that's I, pricing. Pricing is going to be the big key thing here. Pricing is going to be the big key thing here. It's going to be a huge thing. Whether it's going to be success and with Sony's track record of announcing something great and then screwing it up. <laughs> well, they haven't <laughs> we'll done see that what lately. I mean, the last, the biggest thing. I think one of the biggest things that they announced and then screwed up was the PS3 itself. Because, um, like, they originally announced it with, like, two HDMI ports and, and all sorts of stuff. That just never happened. Um, but lately, they've been on quite a roll. So I'm hoping they continue that. Um, they've really? Been- you don't think? Oh, look at this awesome new handheld. Oh, wait, you got to buy these stupidly priced memory cards. Well, I don't think that's an issue of miscommunication or making a promise that you don't deliver on. Um, I mean, they never... No, it's not a problem. I'm just saying they announce something great, and then they ruin it with something with else. something else, okay. Right yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have done that. But although, I mean, they, they... 
that that is something that they started a long time ago. So, I mean, as of things that are new, as of things now, that they've been very careful. Like they they don't release any a bunch of new information all at once. Um, they're very careful and methodical about what they choose to tell everyone. And and they've been what I'm saying is they've been wake, making sure lately that they can deliver on their promises, um, which I'm hoping they continue. Um, in the spirit of time, let's move on now, because we have, <laughs> like I said, it's been an exciting week in gaming. Um, let's start with Gary. Um, we have a few, a few rants, a few good old RDGH rants, and Gary had some different ones. I feel like uh, the one that Dane and I have will take a little more time. So let's start with Gary's first. Well, I'll, I'll save I'll save the rant that I had for Ben because he wanted to to join in on my rant as well. Oh, so did. we can go ahead and go to your guy. So you're not gonna rant? Yes. You're gonna wait? No. Well, I'll rant with what you guys are ranting with because I have the same issue. Okay, it'll be a joint rant. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we all know Far Cry Four was announced for PS4 and Xbox One, and PS3 and Xbox 360, and was it Wii U as well? Was Wii U going to get it? I don't know. But it was announced for a bunch of consoles. And um, the world was excited because, you know, Far Cry 3 was a good, a, a big success. Um, and everyone was looking forward to Far Cry 4. It's in the Himalayas. Um, looks great. And then there was this image. There was, I guess it was a poster or a title card or something like that for uh, Far Cry 4. the box, box art. The, it was the box art. Oh, okay. It was the box art for Far Cry 4. And um, basically, uh, what is it we see? What Tell us what we see, Dane, in this box art. Okay, well, just just to make sure, I think it's the box art. Because on Google, there's two different images now. So one of them is quote-unquote cleaner. And the one that has a big controversy is this, where you see the Himalayas in the background you see lots of wreckage, and you see this very flamboyantly dressed, light-skinned, bleach-blonde-haired guy with this douchey little grin, and, uh, and uh, the way he's sit sitting down is really douchey. But anyways, he's got his hand on the head of, obviously, an Asian guy who's kneeling with a hand grenade in his hands and looking like he's about to die. Like, the look on his face is like, I am so fucked. Uh, so, of course, what happens is, with anything in the world now, the social justice warriors of the world on NeoGAF, or one guy on NeoGAF, decided to get outraged and stuff. And he accused it of being racist and sexist and uh, such. <laughs> so now Far Cry 4 has a very... <laughs> Sexist, well, sexist as in um, against gay people. Homophobic. Homophobic. Because the gay, apparently people can't dress in flamboyant purple anymore, man. <laughs> Don't you know that, Gary? Hey. Do do gay people are not allowed to dress in purple. Because otherwise it's enforcing stereotypes, apparently. But anyways, this guy went on this huge rant. And it's not just him. Like I was reading... Um, some someone's Twitter. Uh, the dude who was the writer for Borderlands 2 was calling it racist. Um, some other random 
like randoms on Twitter calling it racist. I'm like, really? Like, because first off, they think it's a white guy. First time I looked at it, he looked Russian. And then as I look closer, he kind of looks Chinese. Um, so sorry, Ernest. Apparently Chinese is now the new white. Um, but, and so because the dude's light-skinned and the person being submitted is like of darker skin or of non-white origin or non-Western origin, it's just more of that same white supremacy, old colonialism bullshit that goes on the internet all the time. Um, and stuff. And it's ridiculous. Like some of the, like, what, what was funny when I saw the thread, the original thread that you, it was you or Gary who posted it first, Glenn. I forget who it was that I read. I read about 14 pages of it because I was bored at work. So I read about 14 pages of it. And thankfully, 99% of the posters thought the OP was full of crap. Um, and was like a sexist himself for like stereotyping the stereotype of of what he was going on about. But uh, thankfully, there is a small slim of hope in the uh, in the world today. But the sad thing is the fact that we can't have nice things anymore. We just can't have nice things. People bitch and complain about how there's not enough diversity in gaming. But when they try to make things diverse, suddenly it's like, oh, no, it's racist. It's sexist. It's homophobic. I mean, this is just a cover, right? It's just a cover. The other, the other cover is just him by himself with a douchey, shitty grin with his hands held like he's Dr. No from James Bond or something. Just by himself is the other uh, cover art. But um, promotional cover art, I think it is. Uh, but anyways, uh, so cause someone made a comment about this where it's, this is why we have the same generic, boring, you know, beefhead, meathead, like white male protagonist with no personality going against another white male antagonist all the time is because if you try to do something else, they're going to call it racist they're going to call it white supremacy, they're going to call it colonialism, or they're going to reverse it. And they say, oh, they only did it because they didn't want to seem like racist or sexist or homophobic or something like that. And no one just takes it for what it is. It's just a character. And just leave it at that and stuff. Because we don't even know who this guy is. He looks pretty pimping in that purple shiny suit. And stuff, but we don't know he's gay. For some reason, the OP thought he was gay. I don't know. He doesn't look. Uh, what's gay supposed to look like? Is what I is what I want to know. But I'm surprised just, nobody complained just, that like his head is replacing Buddha's head in the background. I never noticed that. I didn't either. Yeah. The, huh. Yeah, he, he's is that a statue of Buddha? Buddha statue. <laughs> He's pretty much destroying what Buddha stands for in the in this image. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, I didn't know that was Buddha, so I mean, it's just it's just crazy because I mean, it's Resident Evil Five all over again, right? Right. Chris is in Africa. There's black zombies. Oh, because he's white and is killing zombies who happen to be black. 
it's colonialism, it's white supremacy, it's mighty whitey saving the world. I mean, it's just the same old song and dance, which is getting tiring, and it's just full of crap. And until we, as an industry and as, uh, as like a consumer base, like fights it with our money, like it's not going to change. Because if, if, if people like the dude from Borderlands 2 is going to spew crap and be like, oh, that's racist, when it's something's obviously not racist, I mean, I'm not going to buy his game now. I mean, you know I'm not going to support that. that is, is when people attacked him for writing uh, Tiny Tina as a racist character. <laughs> and he flat out denied it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same thing as when people and when I called out the writer for Tomb Raider because she had that whole controversy with the potential supposed like rape inference from the trailer, uh, mm-hmm. and then she goes on and blasts Kojima because of what Whisper is that the, her name Whisper or Silent female Quiet. protagonist Silence Silent, Silent, whatever her Silent. name is but how she looks. Isn't right? it quiet? So you have it, quiet, whisper, oh, quiet. silence, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's quiet. Whatever yeah. her name is, whatever her name is, the writer from Tomb Raider decides to take the moral high ground and do the same thing to Kojima that happened to her. So it's just it's just a bunch of, of bullshit. And I mean, I I kind of did that. Like I I tried to put a face to that when I made my novel. I made one of my characters, I pimped out in such a way that if you saw this person walking down the street, you would think she is the most fucked up person in the head. And I did that on purpose because I just wanted to like, expose this bullshit where we just look at something and we don't actually investigate. We just, you know, because you look at this cover, right? I don't know the context. There's no context to it. Is it the protagonist? Is it the antagonist? Is it like what's going on? What is happening in this game? We don't know. But people still think we can judge it and stuff. And it's like when I made my character V in my novel, like I made her, she's dressed like she's a freaking um, BDSM fetish model. She has like the... um, Oh, what is it? The the Nazi armband on her on her arm, although technically it's the Buddhist swastika, not the Nazi swastika, because no one actually is ever gonna notice the difference. The moment you see it, you just automatically think it. Even though they're technically shaped differently, the moment you see that color combination, you're just gonna assume. You're never gonna ask the question. You're never going to say, hey, what is that about? You're just going to assume, oh, Nazi or fetish, crazy, fucked up in the head person and stuff like that. So, And that's what we're seeing in the gaming industry is no one takes the time to just wait until the game is out, to wait to see the whole story. And it's just, why, why can't we have our toys, man? Hashtag eat a shotgun is what I say because that's what is happening with this industry is we can't have things that are fun without it turning into a giant clusterfuck. Here's my position on it. Um, people are dumb. 
That's... Argument goes to, to, to Gwen. <laughs> wow, I take 20 minutes for this, and you just do it in, like, three, three words. Okay, I'll, I'll continue. I'll continue. That, that, that's, that's a summary. I'll, let's go with that. That's a summary of my um, position. Because people really are dumb. You, it's like Dan was saying. You know nothing about this character. What do you see in this picture? You see a man standing in a position of power over another man. That's all you see. You, you see their skin color, sure, but you do not know where this man is from, okay? There's no guarantee that he's American, if that even makes a difference to begin with. You don't know who he is. He could be the villain. He looks kind of like a villain, doesn't he? He could be the villain going over there and terrorizing these guys. This could be the guy that you're trying to stop. Or, or he could be a victim, Okay, he could be a protagonist. Maybe these guys have come and invaded his home, and he just kind of rose above them and defeated them. All right, what what is this? You you know absolutely nothing with pow- nothing about this guy. All you see is uh, a guy here, uh, just sitting there with a very questionable fashion sense. That's all you've got. That's all you've got. And what what the frick is this going on with his suit? Like, I mean, why does the, why does the color of his suit make him gay? I see. I see guys that walk around, um, not here in Florida, really. It's usually in big cities. But I see guys wearing pink suits all, all the time, like usually black guys who try to look like they're pimps or something like that. But that doesn't mean they're gay. Like, what kind of foolishness are you talking about? <laughs> what, what kind of foolishness are you talking about? And even if he was gay, why would it matter? Who cares? I mean, how, like, why would it matter? How is this sexist? Right. I mean, if anything, this is a good thing for the LGBT, uh, LGBT community. Or is it LBGT? LGBT? Whatever. It's, it's a good th- it would be a good thing for the gay community because here you have a man who is a, allegedly gay standing, sitting in the position of power. So why is that, why is that yeah, but, a problem? But, but then he's viewed as a villain, and then all of a sudden all of the gay community are, are the bad guys. So he's a villain. So if he's white and he's a villain, it's a bad thing because you, you're, you're against the villain, obviously, usually, anyway. So if he's white and the guy here is against, it's a bad thing. But if he's gay and he's a villain, it's a bad... I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense. See, it's, it's, it, it's just all screwed up because it's like if he's white and he's the villain, he's racist. And it's supporting like white supremacy. If he's black or a minority, well, then it's supporting racial stereotypes that all blacks are... Are, are hoodlums and criminals and stuff like that. Like, no one can win this thing. And it really sucks because no one is just enjoying it for what it is. It's becoming totally politicized. And what I find funny is why does it matter if the character is white? Like, what is with it in the 21st century now where we should be ashamed of our skin color only if we're white. I mean, because it's getting annoying because every single time there's one of these controversies, it's either because A, it's a white male, or B, it's a straight person, or C, it's a straight white male. I mean, when did the straight white male become the scapegoat of the industry where you should be ashamed that you're white or you're a male, or that you're straight. And it's just, it's just getting sickening that it's changing like this. It's ridiculous. And it's sickening that people are not standing up and saying, this is racism. 
right? Just because I'm white, why am I allowed to be hated on? People bring up this stuff about systemic racism and about how whites are the majority. That's not true, right? I live in Asia. I am not the majority, right? I don't get this whole majority bullshit that goes on, right? If I went and moved to Compton, I am not the majority. I am still a minority, right? It's, it's really, really sickening and stuff as a straight white male that I can be, just be the whipping boy for no reason, just because of what I am. And let's talk about this hypocrisy, uh, this just bold-faced hypocrisy in all of these arguments. Because here we are, we're looking at a person that we don't know, that we've never seen before in our lives, and we're automatically saying, oh, this situation is about race, which is absolute bull, because I doubt for a second that when Ubisoft created this image, it had anything to do with race. Or if it did, it was simply in the, uh, um, what's the word, in the content of the story, in the context of the story. So here's a guy from one area who comes to another area. Guess what? People in one area probably look a little different from people in another so if one dude from one area goes to another area, yes, he's going to look a little different, okay? That's kind of how it works. Um, but that aside, you, you look at this and you say, oh, this is about racism. No, it's not. Guess who made it about racism? You. You used racism to, to talk about this image, right? This had nothing to do with race before you, in your mind, made it about race, you are talking about this man, and you're saying, oh, he's white, so he shouldn't be in a position of power. Why not? Why not? Is that not racist? There are these, there are these people talking about reverse racism. So being against, being against white people is reverse racism, and white people being against others is just racism. Bull! There's no such freaking thing as, re as reverse racism. Racism is racism. Period. It doesn't matter if you're talking about a white person. It doesn't matter if you're talking about a white person from Russia, which I don't get how that's any different. It doesn't matter if you're talking about an Asian person, a person from Lithuania, a person from Africa, a person from freaking Antarctica, all right? Racism is racism. And trying to arrange colors to make it seem less so doesn't work. It just doesn't work like that. If you're racist, you're racist. And what you're doing is you're telling this, you're, you're saying this person's white, so he's not supposed to be in a position of power. Why not? Is that not the exact same thing that white people told black people with slavery? Is that the exact same thing that we've been decrying for centuries now? Oh, don't tell people, oh, don't tell the black people that, he can't, that they can't do what they want to do because they're black. That's stupid. Well, why would you go ahead and say the same thing now about white people? That's the exact same freaking thing. The exact same thing. And, and what is, the, so what, who cares if he's gay? No one asked about his sexuality. No one pointed to his sexuality. You did. No one did but you. You were the one who had that opinion and you were the one who brought it forward. Ubisoft did not do that. All right, Sony did not do that. Microsoft did not do that. Nintendo did not do that. I did not do that. Our cast here did not do that. You did that. You are the one who brought up the homophobia. You are the one who brought up the racism. You, not any of these you. companies. So I have no idea where this, I have no idea. Don't make fun of me. I hear you. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not making fun of you. This is awesome. You're ranting more than me. I have, <laughs> I, I have no idea why this came, why this is about, why, 
everyone is now so focused on race that a completely benign picture becomes a big issue uh, of racial concern. Uh, all of a sudden, everything's race. People, this is what's this is holding back the creativity in the industry. Just like Dane is saying, this is what's holding back the creativity in the industry because people can't do anything without a bunch of idiots coming around and saying, "Oh, that's racist," and trying to give a bad image to a perfectly fine company. Oh, oh, they're racist. Did you see they put a, a white man in a pink suit in front of, um, above a, a guy who, I don't even know what kind of guy this is. I think he's, he looks kind of black, looks kind of Spanish, looks kind of, I guess he's from the Himalayas, okay? It's from the Himalayas. Who cares? Listen to me. I am black. I am a six foot seven, 250 pound black guy. I do not play basketball. I sit on my computer and I play video games, okay? And... I, it doesn't matter because before I'm black, before I'm white, before I'm straight, before I'm gay, before I'm a sinner, before I'm perfect, before I'm anything, I am a freaking human being, all right? And that's all. I'm a human being. These two men pictured in here are human beings before they're anything. So before you sit here running your mouth about racism and homophobia, just wait for the whole freaking story, will you? Before you start judging everybody on this foolishness. It doesn't make any sense. Listen, I stand with the... Um, Actually, I'm going to put this in the podcast. I'm going to play this for you. This is Morgan Freeman's stance on the whole racism issue, okay? And, and the voice that you're about to hear is that of Morgan Freeman himself in an interview. Here it is. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do you do with yours? What, which month is White History Month? No, well, well, come on, tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay, which I'm month sure. is Jewish History Month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh, oh, why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no, no. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? And Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You want to say, well, I know this white guy named Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Funny thing about that video, by the way, is um, he doesn't even think of it, that interviewer doesn't even think of himself as white. Because I, I, I saw that so clip so many times. And he's like, well, do you want a white history month? He's like, um, uh, well, I'm Jewish. <laughs> it's like, when did Jewish become non-white? Yeah. It's like, although ironically, we're kind of going against Morgan Freeman's spiel because we are talking about it. Yeah. But it's just interesting to go on, 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 um, on key with what Morgan Freeman said. Because that's probably why I love Star Trek so much as a kid and I didn't care like what color or where all those characters were because no one talked about it at all during the series. It's just, oh, the dude, the captain's black. No one cared. No one mentioned that he's black. No one cared that Cisco was black. Uh, Janeway was a woman. Whole show. No one gave a damn that the captain of Voyager was a woman, like in the verse, in the universe. No one cared. They just said, uh, no one mentioned a thing about it. Even, um, even the original series, no one just mentioned it. I mean, Uhura was like freaking fourth in command of the Enterprise. 
a black woman, 1960s, right? Uh, no one really cared. So, because in the show, no one mentioned it. No one discussed it because it wasn't an issue. And so it never became an issue because of it. So, um, I just hope that... My hope is Ubisoft does not change the picture at all. I hope that if that is actually the box art cover, I hope it stays that way. And I hope Ubisoft takes a stand and says, you know what, we're proud of this cover and we're going to make it the way it is and leave it the way it is and just say fuck the haters. They don't have a reason to change it. They haven't even told their story yet. They haven't, they haven't done yeah. anything. They've just said, hey, this game is coming. It's going to be in the Himalayas. Here's a picture of a couple of the characters. They, have said, they haven't gotten the chance to tell their story. So, you know, no, I'm with Dane. Don't change anything. Just make your story like you were intending to make it in the first place because these very people who are being stupid about it will probably like it. it it's yeah, un- Unfortunately, I think they will go with the other image that you saw online, Dane, of just him by himself. Yeah. I think that'll be the box art cover uh, because they did change the Far Cry 3 box art cover. Um, I believe they removed uh, the, the main character's head stuck in the sand from the box cover when people complain about that. They just left the boss on his own. Oh, really? So, so yeah. I mean, it's it's just so weird because like, we live in a world where like, what kind of stuff can we see on the internet? We can see ridiculous amounts of ridiculousness and then just something tame it just sends people through like some type of psychosis of rage. I mean, like you look at anything made in Japan, mostly they make some crazy stuff there, uh, that they just must find ridiculous that they must think, why are these crazy Westerners worried about some dude with his hand on a guy's head? I mean, they just, they just must be laughing at us. Like, just some countries. Because, I mean, you look at the internet, you can find the most violent, the most abusive, the most rapist stuff on there. And what makes people angry? A dude with light-colored skin with his hand on the head of a kneeling, darker-colored skinned man. Yeah. Really? And interesting note, if people are still with us here, the guy's probably not even white, he looks Chinese. I mean, and I can guarantee you the moment that if it's revealed he is Chinese, suddenly it's going to disappear. It's like, oh, well, it's not racism because yeah. he's Chinese. You- it's another quote-unquote minority, which really isn't a minority because how many Chinese people are there in the world? Yeah, exactly. I think there's more Chinese people in the world than actual quote-unquote Anglo-Saxon white people. Yeah, if, you change the hair so, color, if you change the hair color, he definitely looks Chinese. Um, yeah. All you have to do is so, take it with the blonde hair. It, yeah, take it with the blonde hair, and then he looks <laughs> Chinese. And I'm like, you know what? I thought it was Tibet. When I first saw it, I'm thinking, sweet, are we going to Tibet? I mean, is this the Chinese government taking on the Tibetans, and we're going to go save the day or something? But even if it was, again, if the protagonist is white, mighty whitey to the rescue. 
is what people are going to say. That's what people are saying now is just, oh, I hope it's not another mighty whitey to the rescue type of game. Like, that really makes a difference. And, you know, I think like, part of it is laziness. I think part of it's also laziness because people go around and, you know, they see this picture, fine, and then they see someone say, oh, you know, so-and-so says this is racist, and then they go back and look at the picture and they're like, what? So it's like they probably didn't even believe it themselves. They didn't really read into it themselves, but they saw this, so all of a sudden that's what they believe too. Just kind of a mob mentality sort well, of thing. Well, actually it is because on that NeoGAF uh, thread, a lot of people were saying like, man, I didn't even notice that that guy was Asian until people were saying the guy was looked Asian. Yeah. It- so it's just – it's just you look into it. See, the funny thing is it's all – well, this is kind of spoilers from my second book. But there's a plot device in my first book that's going to get revealed in the second one where it's just all – you just see what you want to see, right? What you do and what you say it just kind of reveals who you really are and stuff. And so if you look at a picture and the first thing that you see or you think is, man, that's racist or that's sexist or that's homophobic or something like that – it's just, what does that say about you and stuff? If it's just a tame image like this, what does that say about you? How sensitive are you? What happened in your life to make you try and find the boogeyman around every corner Yeah, and, and, and stuff like that? So, you know, I think it's, it, it, it kind of goes with the generation where, and Alan, to me, from what everything I've read and seen, it's like, we live in the me generation. If, if it doesn't do what I want it to do, then I'm gonna get pissed and complain about it. Um, when uh, God of War three, God of War Ascension had that trophy that you unlocked. Uh, it was called Bros Before Hose. You know, it was developed. Yes. The trophy was named and created by a female, and people went into a rage about that. They didn't even play the game. <coughs> they didn't know in what context the trophy was in. They just, oh, you can't do that. So they changed it. I played the game. I saw the context, and the trophy's name was fine. People went into a rage about that. Um, when you know you you have a game and you have you know a relationship system, and you know you can if you're playing as a male character, you can only you know court the female characters. People go into a rage. Well, why can't I have you know same sex relationships in your game? This is how the world is now. We want it. And, you know, and, and to me, it, it kind of goes to the point where this is not your design. It is not your vision. It is their game. It is the developer's idea. Don't change their idea. This is what they believe. This is what they want to do. Why should they change it for you? Yeah. You know? Well, the problem, the big problem, Gary, is there's too many people of this me generation who voice their negative opinions and there's no one to counteract it. No one's taking a stand. So like when that bros before yeah, hose controversy happened, I mean, Sessler, Adam Sessler goes on his douchey rants about, Oh, this is such a bad thing. It's bringing the industry back such and such. I mean, I don't know if he actually said that, but you know, it's just like he was not, he was supporting taking it out of the game. And I mean, and let's put this into context. You have a game where what are you doing to people? You're ripping their limbs off. You're deca- decapitating them. You're basically torturing them uh, for pleasure. 
uh, you're like in that game. Could you actually have sex like quick time event sex with characters? But if not that game, there were in the others of the series. I mean, so much more things that you should be outraged about in theory should be outraged about. And what are you outraged about? Three words, bros before hoes, technically one word, just the hoes part. And, and stuff. There's so much more worse things in the game. And like you said, it was made by a woman. So obviously it's not yes, like all, all the, the women in the world are against it. I mean, it's because there's people who are for it. Some didn't like it. Well, you know what? Don't buy it. Just don't buy the game. I mean, it's the same thing with the Sarkeesian bullshit. No one's standing up to her. No one is taking her on in the industry. Now, there's people on YouTube who are calling her out. And who are showing that she's full of crap, and, and people of the same vein like her are full of crap. But no one in when she got that ambassador award at whatever event it was, I'm like, someone should have stood up and said, you know what, this is wrong. Because what has she done to be an ambassador? She's just a victim, just a professional victim who got on her pedestal and was able to rally the support of others who are self hating and self shaming because of the way they were born. And they just want to support this person and just stand up and say, you know what? Your ideas are wrong. Your theories are wrong. It's not well supported. You should not get this award. Uh, but no one's doing that. No one of influence is doing that. Uh, someone at IGN should be doing it. Someone at GameSpot, Game Trailers should be doing it. And I mention them because, well, you know what? That's where all the big money is. That's where they, all the crazy amount of hits and clicks go to in the video game industry. You know, I'm being realistic, right? Uh, and no one there is doing it. It's just the same, same line. And it's getting to the point where hashtag eat a shotgun because <laughs> the developers <laughs> yeah, yeah. are just changing their view, are changing their world. And for other people who, you know what, let's be honest, they're not going to buy the game to begin with. Right? I mean, how many people who bitched about Bros Before Hoes actually mm. bought the game? Or were going to buy the game? Did buy God of uh, by the Sony Santa Monica, right? Did by them changing yeah. the name did, did did those people put their money where their mouth is? Did, did they suddenly go and buy it? No. What it did was it showed that they can bitch enough not put their money where their mouth is and this big company is going to change because they are afraid. They're afraid they're going to lose money that they're never going to get anyways. And a lot of people who are going on about this stuff really don't, it doesn't affect them the slightest to begin with. It really doesn't. And, you know, I'm about to drop a bit of an F-bomb here, so I apologize. But um, I have a friend who's actually gay. And I don't know, I said something. I... I was looking at something. I was like, oh, this is cool and, or whatever. And he just turns at me and he's just like, Glenn, you're such a fag. And I'm like, dude, you should talk. What are you talking about? And he's like, dude, it's not a big deal because I know I'm gay. Like, he doesn't even care about that word. But everyone's, everyone else is always like, no, don't call him a fag because that's bad. That's taboo. That's not PC. But he doesn't even give a crap. And from what I understand, he's, he knows a lot of people who are gay and don't care either. Like, we, we make big issues out of things that aren't issues in the first place. And in this case, it's coming at the sacrifice of what, uh, the possible sacrifice of 
And there's a lot of great stories that we don't know about, but we care to comment on because, oh, we don't think this is PC enough. We don't think that it should be this way. And really, it's not a big deal, but we make a big deal out of it. And it's just a shame. It really is a shame. And the sad thing is when something actually does come out that is legitimately positive or even like a little positive or just po- like anything positive, we just ignore it. Yeah. Things ignore it. Like let's say for example, like for example right now, I am 99% sure that there's no embargo on this. Uh, Ernest, you sent me the code. Is there an embargo date for Mugen Soul Z? Do you remember? Uh, check. Hold on. So I'm reviewing it right now. And uh, the first one got trashed by, I believe it was IGN. Don't quote me on that. I apologize if it wasn't IGN. Uh, but I just remember there was some big site where the reviewer trashed it um, because of the sexual innuendos and the, the sexual speak. And it was just, you know, a more, it was a sexified game, essentially. Uh, remember, Mugen Soul Z is from Japan. It's a Japanese game. They have a different morality than the West. Um, I'm playing this. Oh, that was Mugen Souls. I'm playing the sequel Z. Um, that game is literally on the verge of being an erotica game, like a softcore erotica game, like 18 plus. It is flirting with the edge so closely. It is ridiculous. Um, with some of the some of the art scenes in the game, uh, but here's the interesting thing that no one's going to talk about except for me in my review that's coming out is you can make essentially transgendered characters. You can make transgender characters in that game. So when you make you have your standard normal cast, and just like in a Disgaea game, you can make you know your as many like random characters as you want of like the different classes, you know, your fighter, your mage or whatever as your, as your groupies and you can change their looks. Half the fun of the game is you can change what they look like through their customization systems. You can make quote unquote, a male looking character have like breasts as big as a woman's. You can, you can basically make a man look like a girl, right? Or you can make a girl look like a man. You can dress a guy up in female clothes. You can make a cross-dresser. You can dress a girl in male clothes. You can do all of this sexually ambiguous stuff, uh, which is a positive thing. It's breaking down that barrier of you know, what gen- transgender people want, where like, they're different. Uh, they're, they're born male, but they want, they're technically female and, and stuff like that. And, but no one's going to talk about it because... Again, the whole game is so sexified. Uh, it's, there's so much like BDSM culture in it that Western reviewers are just going to look at that and put their morality on it. And so if you get a guy who doesn't like that culture or a girl who doesn't like that culture is just going to trash it and not look deeper and see that positive and you know exemplify that positive and say hey look this game is doing this i might not agree with with the story i might not agree with it morally but hey they're doing this and this is a positive thing uh and it's not going to happen sadly the bigger sites are not going to push that and uh, that is a tragedy that just works its way into this whole gaming culture we have now 
and which is really sad. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it, it's it's you know you know what I see it as, um, like say you know, you know, a, a game comes out and you can't have you know same sex, you know, uh, interactions in that game, and you know people go into outrage. Well, if I can do it this way, why can't I do it this way? To me, what what you're doing is pretty much like somebody knocking on my door and telling me to believe in their god. That that's what you're doing. You're trying to make me accept something like if you're the developer if you develop that game that way that's how you want to develop it obviously you don't see you don't believe in some of this stuff and you know in the rest of the world it's completely different just because in america we talk about it you know we're trying to fight for it doesn't mean the rest of the world is fighting for it you know it, it you you can't tell somebody if the game is coming you know from from japan you know and and you know the developer has it a certain way you can't tell him you got to change it because here in america this is how it is yeah it's you know it's their view it's their design you can't force what you believe into their mind you know if you get what i'm saying yeah it's like it's like um i get what you're saying it's like having a movie and And i think it's like having a it's like having a movie come out and you walk up to the director and say, Hey, how come I wasn't in your movie? Why didn't you put me in your movie? Why, why didn't you cast me in your movie? It just doesn't work like that. Um, the, the game's developed a certain way because it tells a certain story and that's how the story is. And you don't get to change the story and you don't get to force people to spend resources and, and stuff changing the story just so that you can be in there. It, it doesn't, it just doesn't work. Yeah. If Kojima wanted could, if Kojima wanted to create Quiet the way he created her, that's his game. It's not your game. If you don't like it, go make your own game. You know, it's his yeah, I was design. Say that Glenn, don't force Glenn, your okay. <laughs> don't force your design on them. Okay. Not everybody's good, has the same opinions and the same views. They don't believe in the same things you do. Right. Just you yeah, have it's to like, kind it's of like the Twilight books. You know what I mean? People bitch about the Twilight books. But you know what? If you don't like vampires that way, go make your own novel. Right? You can do it. Freaking Amazon will take any novel you want. Right? You, it's just people are lazy. People want, it's like the me, it's the me generation. Oh, you know, I, it would be so much better if it was like this. But, you know, I'm not going to do it myself, of course. But it would be better this way. It's just armchair quarterbacking, right? It's just to an extreme. I mean, people need to get off their butts and just do it. Be the change you want to make. Be the change you want to do. I mean, it's why I can't take people like Sarkeesian seriously because their whole spiel is there's no, um, you know, it's just all these tropes about women in video games. There's no female protagonists. There's none of this. You know what? There's a hell of a lot of female protagonists. The last few games I've played is just nothing but female protagonists. Lightning Returns, um, Atelier, Eska, and Logi, Mugen Soul Z. There's like freaking eight female protagonists in those three games alone. Um, it's just ridiculous. Any the, the problem is, man, they have hundreds of characters that are on, in your party. Heroes. You know? Yeah, I don't know. So we're gonna see. It's we're gonna go ahead, Dane. Well, I was just 
gonna say it's they are there are female protagonists, there are black protagonists, there are gay protagonists. It's just they aren't made the way some of these social justice warriors want them to be in their perfect world. They are flawed characters. They are, and they have all of these. They're made differently and stuff like that. They're not perfect. They're not meant to be perfect. And because of it, these social justice warriors don't like it because they want the perfect little thing. Well, welcome to humanity. And that's not what you're going to get. Welcome to humanity. Yeah, welcome to humanity. So, um, yeah, you know, if you're if you're a straight hashtag deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) If if you're a straight male and you're making a game, you're not exactly going to know how to make a a uh, a homosexual male character. You don't know how they act. You don't know how they feel. Yeah, you'd have, you're to, go have to go from what you see. You'd have to go out and do that research and, and probably get to know someone. And, <laughs> um, you can do that, or you can make the game because you're on yeah. the time limit. You're on a budget. And speaking of time limits, we're getting close to two hours. Um, nice segue there, Gary. Um, but first, Ernest, <laughs> you've been absolutely silent through all of this. Uh, where do you stand? We should just all love one another and respect each other. Well said. Well said. Yeah. So we should all be bi, is what you're <laughs> That's saying. That's not what he said. I didn't say we had to love each other sexually. Uh, okay. Um, well, it's been a great episode. It's been a long episode. Where are we? Like We're at um, almost an hour and 50 minutes. So if you're still with us, thank you for staying with us this long. Um, big thank you to our cast, as always, uh, Prodigal Son, KGB, Gary, and our host with the most, Dane Smith, uh, for being with us for episode 18. Can't believe we're closing on episode 20. Um, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. We are on iTunes. And I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, but no one's bitten yet. Uh, if you want to, um, not even if you want to, just, just go do it. Just, it, it's easy. It's very quick. Just leave us a review on iTunes and we will read your review live on the uh, next podcast, on the next episode of RDGH. We'll read your review. It doesn't even have to be a positive review. Just just throw us a bone. Give us a review. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes and you can get both our podcasts, uh, RDGH and also PlayStation Unchained if you're a PlayStation fan, uh, downloaded to all of your iThings automatically. Uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, I should say, uh, at RDGHPSU. Um, we are interesting people, I promise. Um, also, don't forget to head to Amazon and pick up a copy of Dane's book. Um, I've been reading it. It's, it's, it's very good. It's very engaging. Um, it's only a couple hundred pages long. I know you're gamers, so gamers don't tend to read very much, but that's okay. Uh, I feel like this is going to be worth your time, and it's only a buck. Come on. You can't beat that. Um, so go. What, ch- what chapter are you on? I'm on chapter two, believe it or not. <laughs> I've been like, <laughs> I haven't been reading it as much because I've been <laughs> gaming a lot, but so far I've been really engaged with it and I like it and I feel like it's getting better. So, so far, um, definitely check out uh, Dane's book, uh, the La Sombra files, L A S O M B R A files. Uh, hopefully you know how to spell files. Uh, if not, there is a dictionary for you. Um, Yes. <laughs> you can get it for a dollar for the Kindle version, or it's also for paperback for the people who like to hold the hand, the book in their hands. And if you don't have so. if you don't have a Kindle, that's fine. There are Android apps, there are iOS apps for both iPad and iPhone. There's a computer app for both operating systems for um, Mac and Windows. 
So there's there's no reason there's no reason not to check it out. It's a buck. Come on. Um, as for how you can reach us, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, actually, before I say this, um, please go ahead. Feel free to weigh in. Um, we've been talking for about like fifty minutes now about this situation and about all the all the stuff we've talked about. Don't forget, you can weigh in too. You can be part of the conversation. You can join us here on RDGH by simply tweeting your responses. Head to Twitter. Uh, you don't, uh, even if you don't follow us, use hashtag RDGH and tell us how you feel about what's going on in the gaming world, about all these things that we've uh, done. I haven't really seen any Twitters, uh, any tweets yet with hashtag RDGH, but definitely give it a try because we will read your responses on the air next episode. Um, if you would like to contact me personally, you may. I am a fun person, I promise. You can do so with Twitter, at GoGlen underscore, at G-O-G-L-E-N-N underscore, or you can simply email me at glenn.gordon at psu.com, glenn.gordon at psu.com. Dane, how can people reach you, sir? Uh, people can reach me at my email, dane.smith at psu.com. That's D-A-N-E. So if you, I'm also the reviews editor for the site. So if you have any reviews questions, you can ask me about that as well. I'll be happy to answer any and all questions. Uh, on Twitter, you can reach me at LaSombraFiles, L-A-S-O-M-B-R-A-F-I-L-E-S. And I will chat about anything on there. Just tweet me message me, whatever, we can chat about anything. I'm sitting here thinking, I just said I'm a fun, I'm not a, I'm a good person. I was very, I, I'm thinking of like how ticked off I probably sounded while I was ranting about all that. That's not normally me. I, you were ticked off more than me, <laughs> man. You were ticked off more than me. I promise. Right? So, and I, I am not that scary. I am not that scary. I promise. I'm, I'm pretty docile. Um, Ernest, how can people reach you, sir? Our prodigal son. Uh, Twitter. Uh, yeah. Twitter, Ernsty Lynn, E-R-N-S-T-Y-L-I-N. Or my email, Ernest.Lynn at PSU.com. Obviously, we're all from PSU. How about you, KGB Gary? Uh, you can reach me at also PSU email at Gary. That's G-A-R-R-I at PSU.com. Or on my Twitter at Gagwaush. That's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H. And ask me whatever you want. Talk to me. I always answer people who actually message me. You know, it's yeah. interesting. I, I just said to use um, hashtag RDGH, but I think Fonz has used hashtag RDGH in the past. Uh, in fact, I know he has. And as I'm searching hashtag RDGH on Twitter, I'm not seeing his tweet. So I don't know. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. But use it anyway. I'll, I will find it. I will figure it out. Um, speaking of Fonz, we do have one quick email from him that was also read on Unchained, but it addressed us specifically. So um, if you don't mind, I'm going to read it again. Um, he said, I purchased the God of War collection for the Vita and agree with Dane when he was explaining while on RDGH that the camera and touchscreen moments don't work. Uh, plus, not adding anything new. Uh, have you guys bought it for the Vita? So um, has anyone here bought the God of War collection for Vita? Wait, wait someone agreed with me? Someone actually agreed someone with Someone agreed me. with you. That's awesome. After all of that hate, someone agrees with me. So thank you very much for agreeing with me. I'm not crazy. <laughs> You're not crazy. I'm not crazy. That's awesome. You're not crazy. 
Um, has anyone here bought or played God of War? Besides Dane, of course, uh, played uh, God of War Collection for Vita? Uh, no. Ernest? I have Ernest? Okay, I'll take that as a no. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no fans, we haven't played it, except for Dane, of course, who reviewed it. But um, Dane is thrilled that you agree with him. Also, a little quip at Mike here. He says, uh, Mike, you and Twitter will make Gary say, good for you, Mike, in Russian. Glenn say, that's good, welcome. And Ben to make his British noises and sounds. Um, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Ben doesn't talk, he just makes noise. <laughs> I guess I, apparently so. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> so for, for Dane, who hasn't been wise to this, we've been... Um, trying to get uh, Mike Herodence to get a Twitter account for the longest time. In fact, um, Shahid Ahmad himself, when uh, he when we got to talk to him on Unchained a little while ago, he said, "Mike, you should get a Twitter." And Mike has not gotten a Twitter yet, so we are still working on him. Um, and Fonz, ah, come on, Mike, get a Twitter account. <laughs> And so, uh, it's easy. I got over fifty five hundred followers. How did you get fifty five hundred followers, dude? I have like eighty six, I think, eighty seven. I'm the host with the Dane's most. Try, Dane's promised people a video game and a video game system for following him. No, I wish I had the money to do that. Oh man! But yes, Just the host with the most. Follow Gaglaush if he's still doing that. Yeah. Um, Tell your follow 55 people to follow me. 500 people. <laughs> there you go. Straight up. Okay, guys. Um, <laughs> Let's go next Friday. Follow yeah, Friday. Follow Friday. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, we love our viewers. We're glad you're here. Without you, we would be nothing. Tune in next week for another great episode of RDGH. Until then, remember, uh, have a great week, great gaming, and as always, please don't be a racist. Believe in Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got it. (laughs) You see? You're a little bit racist. Well, you're a little bit too. I guess we're both a little bit racist. Admitting it is not an easy thing to do. But I guess it's true. Between me and you, I think everyone's a little bit racist. Sometimes. Doesn't mean we go around committing hate crimes.